This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. Welcome to another episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast. Today's episode, it's going to be uh, unique. Why? Because we're going to talk about the physics of the tough man. And we have to. Because yesterday was the 13th annual Tough Man event. And that was the day. I believe it's the day that our crew finally got it. After years and years of debate, our crew finally figured out that there is... <laughs> that physics absolutely has some... I shouldn't say some... Major impact on your effectiveness during this Tough Man event. Now, I'm going to very briefly cover the Tough Man event. I'm going to do a, a much more in-depth review in another podcast. But today, I'm just going to very briefly review what happened at this Tough Man event that made people's opinions change. Because people, in my mind, need to trip over the truth themselves. You can't just tell somebody something and they understand it. They have to experience it. They have to feel it. They have to witness it, right? They have to be a part of it. They have to be emotionally and, uh, I'd say, in their own minds, maybe scientifically or physically connected to what's going on. So yesterday, in our Tough Men event, we had 15 different people go. It probably took about an hour and a half. But you could see there was a clear difference in the performance of the people who went earlier in the event and later in the event. And I'm not just talking about skill set or talent or anything like that. I'm talking about people of similar quality and talent be having a completely and totally experience doing the Tough Men. And the biggest variable was what we grant, we believe was the friction on the ground. The area on which we were pushing our toys, our prowler, our sled, our sliders, in one setting versus another setting. And we all saw that it could change really quickly. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about three key terms. We're going to talk about three key terms that encompass the physics of the Tough Man event. The first term we're going to talk about is dew point. The second term we're going to talk about is friction. And the third term we're going to talk about is force. And I may bounce around every now and again, but those are going to be the three terms that we talk about. And I'm going to start with dew point. Why am I going to start with that? Because that's the one that our guys have researched the most on their own. And I can't talk about dew point until I talk about humidity and relative humidity. Because those things, when you watch the news, they're spoken about a lot more. When people are watching the Weather Channel, they talk about that a lot more than they talk about dew point. But to us, dew point's what matters. So... What's humidity? Humidity is the amount of water vapor in the air. It's independent of temperature. That's just what humidity is. Relative humidity is the percent of the amount of moisture that the air could possibly hold. So, if it's 50% relative humidity, that means it's only holding 50% of the moisture that it could possibly hold. And it is temperature dependent. This is important. We're going to come back to this later when we talk about dew point, but it's important. If the temperature goes down, the relative humidity goes up. All right. Now, after this little uh, mini background conversation, we're going to get into the dew point. So the dew point 
is the temperature. All right, it's that temperature below below which water droplets are going to condense and dew forms. Below which. Why am I saying that? Because guys are doing this research on the dew point. And yesterday's dew point was 52 degrees Fahrenheit. But the temperature was 73 degrees Fahrenheit. So there's a 20, 21 degree delta there. That's what Billy Blanco would call scorched earth. Now, how does this whole dew point thing work? Uh, and how does it fit into what we're doing? So let's talk about this. The higher the dew point, the easier it is for water to condense and turn into a liquid. So that 52 degree F, uh, sorry, <laughs> that's pretty low relative to the temperature that we have. So what's happening is, oh, it's a hot day. Let's say uh, Art's Tough Man was on a Saturday. On Friday, it's hot. So the ground is hot. But then the sun goes down and the ground starts to cool. And then when the ground cools, it cools the air on top of it. And when it cools the air on top of it, the temperature goes down. And what did I say before? When the temperature goes down, the relative humidity goes up. And when the relative humidity goes up and it reaches 100%, that's when you get that morning dew. It's the same exact thing that's going on when you have your beer can on your deck and you're hanging out with your friends and you get that sweat coming off the beer can, right? The surface of that can or that bottle is cooling off the air. The air's relative humidity goes up. Boom, condensation occurs on your can. Now, why do we care about this dew and the condensation? Well, that brings us to our second two words, force and friction. I'm going to talk about force. So we are using force to move those sleds, right? If I'm pushing a prowler, there's force. I'm applying that force horizontally, left to right, parallel to the ground, hopefully. But there's also a force pushing down on those things, all right? So the force pushing down. So the force pushing down is just mass times gravity. It's the mass of that thing. It's all the weights we have on the prowler. It's all the weights we have on the sled. It's your body weight on top of the sliders. That's the mass times gravity. And then the force that you're using to push it left and right is mass times acceleration, right? It's your mass times the, and the acceleration that you're putting into this thing, right? It's mass times acceleration. So those two forces, one's going down, one's going sideways, and your force left to right needs to overcome the force down. And I'm oversimplifying a lot of this, but I'm trying to put it in terms that we could understand. Also, it's been like 22 years since I looked at uh, any of my college, probably longer than that, I don't know. I was looking through my college physics textbooks just to get a refresher on this stuff to make sure I didn't completely make a blunder out of this. And uh, it's been a long time, so I'm not perfect. But what is awesome is that in this book, there's actually a picture of some sort of Eskimo pushing a sled, almost exactly how I said we, we would push a prowler. He's got cleats on. He's pushing it. Shin angles aren't too great, but it's very similar to what we're doing. Pretty sick. Anyway, so that is force. But now, what will help or hurt this force is friction, right? So the friction, the friction is the force between two surfaces when you're trying to move one thing against another thing. And the, the formula for that, and this is kind of important, right? The formula for friction. So friction is going to equal this coefficient of friction times force. The force down, right? So we have the force down, and then we have this coefficient of friction. That's what we need to overcome. And why does this matter? Well, that do is going to decrease the coefficient of friction. 
That's why when guys go, and if they have a morning dew on the ground, they're going to go more quickly because they have a higher amount of dew, and that coefficient of friction is lower or higher, whatever way you want to look at it. But whatever it is, it's going to reduce the amount of friction. And if there's less friction, it's a lot easier to move that sled, to move those sliders. So absolutely, the amount of morning dew that you have is going to reduce the amount of friction. And then that reduced amount of friction is going to reduce the amount of force that you need to push that prowler, pull that sled, move yourself on a slider. Now, there is like a, a double-edged sword, right? And you can pick your poison here because the more morning dew there is, we start this thing off with sliders. So our hands are on the ground and it's easy to do the sliders. But if there's a lot of morning dew, then you get up and you pick, the pick up the farmer's walk and now your hand is wet. Your hand is wet, now it's harder to pick up that farmer's walk. So while it's easy to do the slider, easy to do the prowlers, it's a lot harder to do the farmer's walk. Now some guys don't care. Look, I don't really care that much. Some guys like Trunzo, this mastermind, he came with cloth shorts, so he wipes his hands on his shorts, he dries them off. It doesn't matter to him. Boom, he goes to the next drill. It also will make the chain pull harder because you can't grab, this is when you sit on the seated sled pull, you can't grab that chain. So while it's easier for you to pull that sled in because there's less uh, friction on the ground, if the chain is too wet and you lose your grip, now you got yourself some trouble. But it would be much easier with more condensation, sorry, more morning dew to move that prowler, to do your sliders, and then it's debatable on the sled pull depending on the amount of moisture that is on that chain or not. Okay, so going back, I don't even know where I left off with this thing. Oh, so this this is this coefficient of friction. So if there's dew on the ground, it's good coefficient of friction for you. It's going to reduce the amount of friction. Life is good. Now, let's go back to some, to this, I'm going to wrap this up real quickly, but there are two other key mini points here that are important. There's two types of coefficient of friction. The one is the static coefficient of friction. That means this thing is not moving. There's a prowler, it's sitting there, you go to hit it, it has this static coefficient of friction. It is higher than something else that's called the sliding coefficient of friction. Meaning that if I'm already in the middle of pushing that prowler, now that coefficient of friction is less. That's why once you get the prowler going, it's a lot easier to keep it going than if you go from a dead stop. So something that I would recommend to people is that you, if you're doing the prowler and you're on that leg of the prowler, don't stop and just hang on to it and stop driving your legs. Once you're going, go and keep it moving. Keep your feet chopping. Keep your feet chopping. Keep your feet chopping. And if it's a scorched earth day, if you're going to take your breaks, take them in between your sets of the prowler, right? Take them in between. So if I do a high handle, stop, catch my breath, 10 seconds, boom, then go do the low. The worst thing you could do is just stop chopping your feet and just sit there and lean down on the prowler and basically relax on the prowler. You don't want to do that. You want to keep chopping, keep chopping because that coefficient of friction, that coefficient of friction is less. That sliding coefficient of friction is less than the static coefficient of friction. Uh, you can equate this to momentum, right? Once things get started, it's a lot easier to keep things going. It's exactly what we're talking about here or Kind of what we're talking about here for the science nerds out there. I don't want to say exactly, but kind of what we're talking about here. So if you're moving a toy, keep moving it. Don't stop. Keep that flow going. Keep that flow going. Keep that flow going. So don't have, don't like take two steps and you got to keep that constant pattern to keep this thing moving. If it keeps moving, you keep going. And then the last thing that I'll say to this is that you, <laughs> the force down, right? That mass times gravity. What you don't want to do when you are doing the prowler is put your force down on the prowler because now you're pushing your body weight and you're pushing the weight of the prowler and the weight on the prowler. What you want to do is push it laterally, right? Horizontally. 
don't add your own weight to this thing. And you'll see when guys get tired, they lean on top of the prowler. They let they basically now have their body weight, the weight of that I put on, and the weight of the prowler going down. Remember, your force is going side to side. So this is why we'll say to guys, it's a little trick that we say, although Hezra completely and totally changed all of that yesterday, we say bench press the prowler, meaning push it with your arms and your legs. Now I'm not leaning on it, I'm pushing it. I'm only pushing it in one direction, and I'm pushing it with my arms and my legs. So, having s- oh, one other thing. <laughs> Let's go back to the dew point, because this is kind of important. We notice that even if the dew point is the same for all guys, maybe one guy goes after another, right? And now, my trial's harder than yours. Well, in certain instances, I've rem- if, say there's a very little amount of dew on the ground, it's basically like I wiped it up. <laughs> I picked it up, I moved it off the floor, and it's gone. So I went, I used the toy a couple times, I eliminated all of the dew off the floor in that area, and now it's gone. It's like kind of like taking a beer can at a certain temperature, taking a napkin, wiping it all off. Now all that condensation's gone. The same thing could and does happen if you repeatedly move that toy in the same exact spot over and over and over again. So, this is it. This is the wrap-up. This is the physics of the tough man. I don't think our attention spans can go any longer than this. But I will say, for those of you who experienced this yesterday, those of you who tripped over the truth yesterday, at least now you have some of the scientific reason why scorched earth does what it does to you. All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. You're going to have a, a, different, a different episode on this tough man coming up soon. Uh, but that is not for today. This podcast is brought to you by MicroSky, your one-stop shop for IT and computer services. Now, I've been a customer of these guys for years, and here's why. They make things easy. My computer had died. They came, picked up my computer, recovered all my data, and then set me up with a new computer in three days. Fully loaded, I just press the on button, and I'm ready to go. Made my life super, super easy. Now, they don't only specialize in computer repair. They also specialize in cloud backup, data recovery, cybersecurity, and IT support plans. Do not be like me. Do not wait until your computer dies to get in touch with these guys. Visit microskyms.com slash contact. Microsky, that's S-K-Y-M-S dot com slash contact. If you want a free month of cloud backup, make sure you put AT2020 in the referred by field in the contact form. Again, that's AT2020. Do not wait like I did. Contact them today.